Oh my god, we're back. We're back. We're back. Took longer than we thought. Those of you who are listening to this in the future don't care. Future listeners don't care. But we thought we could just take our busy move, our New York to Brooklyn move, and we could just take a couple weeks and get around that and all the other things we had going on and just come right back. Turns out moving really sucks. Turns out moving really sucks, and it just didn't, didn't happen. So we said we'd be back in the beginning of May. And, and we also thought that that was very safe to beginning of May. We'd have stockpiled some episodes. So yeah. We'd be safe to keep up our twice a week pace. We'll get there. We'll but, get there. Um, but we're back now. But to give you some sense of continuity, or not continuity, but where we are in time for our future listeners, we are at a point where last night the uh, finale to Game of Thrones came out. And it was so horrible mm. that we just had to follow up the next day with returning to Sopranos. Yeah. And we thought that at this point, like I said, we would have a bunch stockpiled and we'd be well into our 6A season, but we just aren't. And we're starting later than we thought we'd be putting them out. But that's okay. And you know what? That was great. And it uh, refreshed myself after the horrible writing that is the conclusion of that show. So... Thank yes. you. Maybe we will do a Thank podcast you, on how terrible it is. <laughs> yeah, we could do a podcast um, on how shitty but that season was. all that being said, we had some very nice listeners send us emails asking us when and we were going to come back. Today, just this afternoon, we think nobody listens to this show. We don't think we have any future listeners. But then we got two emails in an hour of people wanting us to come back, checking in if we were okay. So, <laughs> so we we're are okay. okay. We're fine. <laughs> we were just moving and busy, and we got behind. But at this point, to our future listeners, it's probably the wild future of June 2019. And we wish you happy future, June. <laughs> Whatever it is. Sure. Um, so we're going to jump into season 6A. We're here. Yeah. And, you know, and part of this, too, I think, is that we also didn't want to rush into 6 because we just have so much respect for it. Um, it's a lot of my favorite episodes are in season yeah. 6. And I think we didn't want to do that at a time where we couldn't fully commit to it. And it's great to be watching it now where we actually feel like we can kind of devote ourselves to it a little bit more. And not be frantic and having our focus kind of away from the excellence that is season six of Sopranos Mm -hmm. because it's kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. I think we will do this season in part A and B. We haven't really discussed this actually, so we can discuss it right now. Um, That's how things I, you know, like while I see the validity in treating them as a full, as a full season Mm -hmm. in itself, there was a break and there is you know, there is a jump in between 6A and 6B. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll, I see them differently. Yeah, I mean, maybe I we'll, do a, we'll do a season 6A recap and then we'll do This is really only going to impact people who are OCD about the number of season, whether how it's listed. Yeah, but I don't know. But it, like, kind maybe of, we'll but, have a 6A discussion. But that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Like, if we're going to okay. break it down that way or not. Okay. Um, because I just think, I do think this is kind of, I mean, again, having just watched a, you know, far inferior show's season finale, <laughs> um, I was trying to, like, find the find the interesting bits in their character arcs, and I couldn't help but compare it to the way we kind of, like, come to the conclusion of our characters' arcs mm-hmm. in, in The Sopranos, um, and how much richer and 
more complex and mm-hmm. realistic they are. So I just think, yeah, anyways, it's just such a great season slash seasons. It is. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was just a really, it was a pleasure to get back into it. So it's yeah. been a while for us that we've seen Sopranos. Yeah, I feel rusty, but. So our Sopranos trivia might be, might be loose, but that's okay. That's yeah. not what matters. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Ha. Um, I mean, let's start with kind of that intro sequence, right? Okay. Like, I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll jump around a little bit more to like, you know, talk about different kinds of themes in their selves, but the show definitely comes out swinging um, with a really different mm-hmm. intro sequence than we've been accustomed to. Very different, yeah. No newspaper. No newspaper. I mean, kind of like a, a mon- like a montage that we've seen before. Yeah. We've seen that kind of like character montage. Oh, it's also fitting that we took a break because, of course, this was the longest break between seasons right. for David Chase and the team. Right. So that's why we took such a long break. We wanted break. to make you wait in a little yeah. bit too long, too. Yeah. Um, but yes, so we jump back in with this montage that's scored over by a really interesting, like, spoken word mm-hmm. slash musical piece that's about the sev- this Egyptian concept of the seven souls. I was trying to, like, frantically jot down some of those things. There's um, definitely a lot there, and we can probably in past revisit, viewings, it, revisit it throughout the season, but yeah, I mean, in past viewings, I've also kind of like looked into it, and there's definitely a lot of theories about what's going on there. So, I mean, you can definitely get pretty deep into it. I found it interesting on this viewing to actually be listening to the lyrics, the concept of this first soul, where they're talking about Ren, talking about the director of your life, mm-hmm. the kind of like this like parallel between the end of life and the end of the show like an acknowledgement that we are entering into the final part of the show like the show is actually ent- entering yeah. kind of like its death stage and and that's the first one to leave it's the first soul to leave is right. like the director or right. the team behind it <laughs> right and as we and, know and this show then has been left as sopranos ended yeah and faded to black um there has been spoiler I'm just saying that's just something you say is that yeah. just fate as it ended. Yeah. There are multiple levels of interpretation of the show because yes. I think that David Chase basically moved on as the creator of the show. But I think that the impact of the Sopranos has even been interpreted in different ways as time has gone on. I think yeah. people saw it differently at that time than they have now and at different times Well, totally. But yeah, but like, again, like, this is a show that's just been like, and I realize it more and more, like, that it's just been left with me for a really long time and for lots of viewers for a very long time, right? So like, yeah, like, David Chase is on and doing whatever he's doing. Um, but I like how they kind of talked through these seven souls. I didn't jot them all down, but like, the second soul losing, like, your energy and your power... Um, the fourth one being the heart, right? And then, like, the fifth one being a guide through the land of the dead. Like, this show, for me, does kind of, like, give me all those elements mm. there, right? Like, it, do- it deals with these huge issues. Of... The show guides you through the land of the dead? Kind of. Like, this this, <laughs> Actually, this show gives yeah. you huge, like, things to ponder about, like, Death. what happens after you die. Yeah. and like different kind of viewpoints on that. So like, and you have characters who die, right? It's not like in your everyday life that you have that many people who are dying, I hope. Right. 
you know, and so it like allows you to grapple with some of the and like you know put yourself in the shoes of some of these characters who you kind you know in this episode characters who you've just met today um in some cases you know like in the case of like chris and adriana characters who you've like seen together and grown to love together for the whole show um but yeah anyways that's kind of it's here nor there i think like but i think that was definitely part of it for david chase and the team yeah and interestingly in this episode specifically there is a focus on death and i feel like Mm -hmm. there's this um parallel and kind of comparison between Eugene and Tony in this mm-hmm. episode. So taking it at the end where Eugene has hung himself and Tony has been shot and they're both kind of grasping for life. Eugene, as soon as he makes this decision to end his life, you see his responses to kind of fight that mm-hmm. and that his instinct is actually to preserve onto life similar to the way that Tony does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like there's kind of a, a parallel between those two characters dealing with death. We don't know what happens to Tony at this point, but there there are a lot of parallels between those two. Even where the last line of the episode from 911 is, where is the emergency? Mm. Actually, it's interesting because for me, it makes me think about, well, here's two characters who are dealing with an emergency that we are witnessing. Which one is the emergency? Mm. Like, which one is more valid? We're more invested in Tony Soprano. Eugene is kind of a new character. He's been around, but he's fully kind of expanded. And Well, we'll talk about how we've got this, like, all of a sudden, like, now we're, like, very invested in this guy and his family. Yeah. We get this, like, very, this storyline that's very focused on characters who we really don't know at all. Yeah. Right? Um, And that has all sorts of interesting stuff for me to talk about later. But... I do, yeah. I think I think that's really about like where is the emergency, like where like which death or what's, is more valid, what's more tragic, yeah. or what's more yeah exactly yeah. what is more tragic. And I think it's an interesting question to ask ourselves because why would Tony's death be more tragic? Mm-hmm. Well, we're more invested in him, but at the same time, he's also committed all these horrible actions. So mm-hmm. why actually would his death be that tragic? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Eugene actually comes out of a out of a scene shortly before that where he's actually kind of like trying to make things right a little bit like with his wife where he you know he's at least trying to come up with alternatives um he's not a good guy by any stretch of the Mm -hmm. imagination but you know tony basically shows no empathy to him and Mm -hmm. just basically shuts down his dreams Mm -hmm. i think that eugene kind of has one of those moments almost like vin mckazian or all these other characters who right before they die there's some kind of like redeeming qualities that are given to them as characters and yeah, it kind of makes me wonder like, okay, well, why would we be so much more blown away by Tony's being shot than this happening to Eugene other than just an investment of time? And, and they're like really back to back. Yeah, I think I that mean, they are very, there's yeah. very much like an intention of creating yeah. a, a parallel between them. Yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's finish talking about that intro sequence because I think it does kind of set the stage for this season yeah. and a lot of the different storylines. Let's come back to that. Right. I'm getting derailed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Soprano's organization skills are lacking. Um, you know, so during this um, spoken word poetry, I don't know, about the Seven Souls, uh, we see the first character we see is Agent Harris. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and the first line of the episode is, nobody ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. And then we have Harris vomiting. Yeah. That's the first thing that happens in yeah. the season. Yeah. So there is an aspect for me of this kind of like acknowledgement of this being a mass market show. And there's something that actually kind of plays into that. Yeah. It actually, it kind of in some ways actually does. This going to be like the weird comparison to Game of Thrones because it just happened. But <laughs> just in that, that's a show that 
developed a huge audience. And this is a show that developed a huge audience. And what's really interesting is the other is a show that started with themes that I feel are rather subtle, dealing with people's rationalizations for their behavior, for politics, for these kind of under the surface things and building these kind of like complexities around that. And it ended up being this very hyper literal action-based show Mm -hmm. as it became a mass market show. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's a lot Mm -hmm. of pressures from studios. There's a really interesting interview we heard recently with writers from Lost dealing with Mm -hmm. the realities of what the studio was throwing at them. The pressure as this became this phenomenon. And I acknowledge that that must be hard. Sopranos obviously had to deal with that too, but I feel like they maintained their soul and their essence. I think they like took that and put it into their art. Yeah, I feel like they like took that and like made it commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and so yeah, like I don't think they lost viewers. Like I think it was done so skillfully that yeah, you know they're able to like pass comment on people watching, and it does kind of like break down that whatever they call it, the third wall or whatever that fourth, fourth wall, wall. I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. whatever one of the breaking down some kind of wall um, <laughs> where they're very like self aware as creators Mm -hmm. whatever you want to of whatever kind you want to call them um so like yeah i think like even that reference to the like the first level of your soul being the director yeah um i think was really i don't know like putting that out there also dealing with kind of like the i don't know materialism and stuff like that of just like americans in general yeah um and consumers like consumers of media and consumers of products um i think definitely like this season does touch on that kind of stuff too uh, so we see agent harris we see Vito has lost a bunch of weight which is also kind of like reality show-esque like we see him holding his pants yeah. out like in that shot you know mm-hmm. and he's talking a bunch about the atkins diet throughout the episode um we have janice and bobby who have had a baby mm-hmm and we see this like view of Janice's boobs, right? Like with her tattoo, and, mm-hmm. um, and then this baby that's kind of like clinging to them, and again, kind of like going back to that like birth and death, like he, like he right. talks about in Melfi's office later, right? We kind of see these ends of the spectrum right. in people's lives. Uh, we see Bobby with his trains, which is a really funny part of this season. Um, we see Eugene, right? Which again, like it's kind of like surprising on your first viewing of this episode, maybe mm-hmm. because you're like, Oh, Eugene and, yeah. and your wife, like, it, yeah. it's kind of like, Oh, okay. I remember getting and to you, this part, that part. And of the they're episode. like yeah. opening an envelope. And so you're like, Oh, that's interesting. And then you go on, you have characters that you do know, like Meadow d- yeah. doing a sexy dance. And like, I guess Ray Curto is in there too, which again, he's kind of, you know, yeah. uh, you have AJ, you have Adriana appearing in a dream of Carmela, right? So like all the other characters, you're like really, you're interested to see mm-hmm. what's been going on with them. Yeah. You're not as like invested in Eugene Pondacorvo as a viewer. So it's an right? interesting decision to um, include that. And that, so I think that's that kind of like meta level thing. It's like playing with, it's like here viewers, like this is this guy who's been like implicated in all this stuff that's right. been going on. Right. He's been there for all this action yeah. on the sidelines, but like his life is also implicated. Right. Like, you didn't care. Because yeah. we didn't exactly we didn't tell you that story and you didn't care, but like yeah. now we're gonna make you care about this guy right. that you didn't care about before. And it's ambitious, right, to be entering your final it's season so good. and to take the <laughs> first so episode good. and to introduce basically a new character. Yeah, it's crazy. 
it's amazing. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. so great. Yeah, it takes guts to do that. Because, I mean, yeah. you know, there's so much pressure to be wrapping things up. Granted, they have a lot of episodes left. But yeah. even still, you know, it's it plays into the way that they're constantly playing with form and seasons. Yeah. And doing interesting things and, and playing with characters' arcs. And it's great. Yeah, just amazing. Yeah, yeah. like that. So for me, that's kind of, again, that kind of like, you know, fourth wall stuff. It's mm-hmm. like it's like looking at you as the viewer right. also. Um. Yeah, so some time has passed. It has. Um, and things are, I don't know, like on the whole, um, we're, we're kind of... How we're, are things? How are things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to, I mean, things aren't, aren't great. Tony, Tony doesn't seem that well. No. Um, nobody seems that well. No, I mean, do they ever? Do no. No. <laughs> Uh, but on the outside, again, like, again, kind of that, like, viewership thing, like, uh, like, Tony and Carmela are going for sushi, they have this sushi place. On the surface, things um, seem to be going yeah. well for them. I mean, Tony even acknowledges it. He says, you know, we're very lucky. And, yeah. You know, but he's also assessing how lucky they are based on the fact that they're eating expensive fish. And I think that that plays into this, like, consumerist theme mm-hmm. of this episode where people are trying to make themselves happy with these superficial things that don't work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really key part of the episode, be it with the Porsche for Carmela, be it the Corvette for Angie Bompanzero, mm-hmm. you know, be it the Florida house mm-hmm. for Eugene Pontecorvo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's a lot of examples, even the trains for Bobby, everybody needs this outlet. And there are a lot of them are investing in these kind of shallow status. Even the Atkins diet, like weight loss, like being thin. I think almost everybody has something, but you know, even with, with Eugene, like they get money, right. And they're thrilled. They're so happy. But then immediately we see that there's this difficult relationship with his son. He has rage issues. He throws the candy bowl. There's no solution for that, for something easy like money. And all these characters are, chasing these things that make them happy but it really doesn't and it's very shallow and it doesn't really do anything yeah did we know that eugene pontecorvo was a rat no no we didn't okay okay just checking no because like it's again that's what's hard about going back and rewatching. is you're like when do we find that out again right um but we see like he's just like bound by so many um, he's just like being pulled in so many directions right now. Like yeah. we, we know that he now has this wife and family that we had no clue about before, um, who, you know, has been supporting him doing his work up until now, but they've always had this dream of, they seem to really like the beach. They have like a lot of like <laughs> beach shells in their home and like happy family memories on right. the beach and yeah, that's right it seems like that's a place where they're very like normal and like they're very mm. um like their problems don't exist in this hypothetical beach mm-hmm. world right it's like kind of like a heaven kind of place and there's just no way for them to get there and so we like slowly see like okay like he has to get past this tony thing he has to um you know, hopefully they get this house. They're worried about not getting the house. But then, of yeah. course, we find out that he's also, like, the FBI is basically saying, like, you can't have that dream. Like, you're not ever yeah. going to be free from anyone. Yeah. Um, And so we see him just really, like, stuck. And, yeah, like, not able to escape himself. Like, this kind of, like, prison that he's in, right? We have Johnny Sack in an actual prison. But he's, you know, Eugene's also in a prison of, a, of 
his own stuff. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and we, yeah, like we see, like, uh, it's just like this, like their scenes with them are just so incredible. Like that scene where, um, where he, they find the drugs that the sun is using and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, is it going to be better in Florida? Right. Right. So they, like, you can see like this whole family kind of has this like image of like another life, like something else that Mm -hmm. could totally be a possibility for them. And it just isn't this big pipe dream. Yeah. There's something interesting for me too, with that, where Eugene is in this desperate situation and he just kind of receives no empathy from anybody. Mm -hmm. Like everybody kind of needs something from him. Mm -hmm. So even his wife, you know, Deanna says like, I'm going to die if we don't get this house. Mm. Meanwhile, Eugene in the end of the episode actually does end up dead. Mm -hmm. Basically for not getting the house, but he's basically like protecting this kind of, this dream a little bit. Well, maybe like they can go and get the house now that he's dead. (laughs) Maybe. That's a happy ending. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. That's how I kind of interpret it. Yeah. It's like he like he sees them like he's like looking at those pictures he's looking at the shells and this kind of like image of a happy family and like because of him they can't really have that. Right. And the son's on drugs and the daughter sees this violence and you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, no, definitely. It's interesting the relationship between Eugene and Tony because I think it's strengthened almost immediately in the episode and then it just kind of like builds this relationship between them as they both go through something kind of similar like in the very beginning eugene talking to tony in that uh, scene where he gives him the watches and we get references you know about the history that they have together how much time they've spent going back to cyo basketball yeah and it's an interesting scene for me and an interesting dynamic because eugene has been had been blessed with this like good fortune and he has this dream that he wants and it's an opportunity for Tony to show empathy for somebody and to help somebody out. Yeah. And he doesn't do that. So when he just we ha- can't, he can't do that. He can't, he can't allow other people to, to like pursue their dreams he can't or, do it. or yeah. build and, their happiness or whatever. And Eugene's yeah. wife actually acknowledges that a little bit when yeah. she says, well, she says a lot of things, but one thing that's interesting is when she says he has to see that this is a huge opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. And clearly he doesn't. No. So there's some strengthening of and development of Tony's character here where it's, again, it's just down like this road where it just kind of keeps on getting worse. Or maybe it's just exactly what we already knew. Yeah. He's just incapable of doing something good for somebody else. No, absolutely not, right? And he, like, he feels like he's the one who needs to catch a break, right? Like, yeah. Um, he can't acknowledge the ways in which, you know... Meanwhile, um, right after he says, you know, why can't I catch a break? Then you have Ray Curto dying. Just dying. You know, as he's about to hand over yeah. these tapes on the Angelo Giacalone. Oh, God. I'm going to piss somebody off. I'm going to piss off Italian people. Giac... Oh, God. Well, I don't know. Giacalone. I don't know why you're, like, reading it. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't need to do that. The, um, the murder on tape. Yeah, a murder that we don't really know about. Capo. we got in trouble earlier for saying not capo and so we had to get create we had to get fixed so yeah um (laughs) yeah no i don't know so like i what i find interesting with um going back to you to i guess you can call him gene gene Gene. pontecorvo um if you're like close to him um 
is there's t two references at least to like, well, what if Tony were dead? Right. Right. And this kind of like, mm -hmm. okay, what are like, what are the things that are impeding you from being happy and being fulfilled right. or whatever? Right. So like, there's like, he he says kind of in passing like, well, you know, maybe to his wife like, well, maybe in two years like maybe Tony will be gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, she also, you know, encourages him to shoot him in the face or something like that. She pretty says strong. something pretty strong. Pretty strong suggestion. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's these blocks that people have to pursuing their dreams. Kind yeah. of, and they've gotten themselves in that situation. Um, but it's just tragic. It's like a tragic story. Um, yeah. Yeah, you suddenly are like invested in this family being able to go move to Florida. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's also that moment, the other moment that um, kind of stood out for me for Eugene dealing with a lack of empathy from the people around him and being kind of in this prison is right after he's told the decision from Syl and right. he's around Vito and then Vito's coming out and talking about himself maybe being boss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just completely no empathy coming from the people that. Yeah, even like having with. Syl tell him, right? Like that—that's cold. Yeah. You know, and again, like for these guys who we find out have this really long history, right? Like Tony won't even like tell yeah. him to his face. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rough. Pretty cold. It's pretty rough. Um, um, okay. But there, but all I think like I think for me like the tie into Tony is like all characters kind of have these whether it's like an actual like physical blockade to doing something that makes them happy or like a psychological block to being able to do something. I think like we go back to Melfi's office here mm -hmm. in this episode where, you know, they, they are still like revisiting Tony's mother Yeah, and you know, his perspective, right? Like it's so hard for him to, you know, he's dealing with like, you know, some similar issues with junior, right? Like it's, it's brought up a lot of the same issues that he was having surrounding his mother, right? This person who at one point tried to kill him. Yeah. This person who is family and ostensibly is supposed to have your back, right? Yeah. Is supposed to like support you and love you. We've had like references to that and, you know, with Junior and Tony's relationship in other seasons, mm -hmm. in other episodes. Um, but, you know, the fact that Tony can't, he can't get past the fact that it, like his mother and his uncle would try to kill him. He can't, he just internalizes it and turns it into his own like kind of battle, but he doesn't actually grapple with that. Yeah. The feeling of kind of like, I don't know, like betrayal or, um, I can't even quite put words to it. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's like refused to kind of grapple with that and he can't move on and have other relationships. Yeah. Until he grapples with that. Like, he, you know, yeah. he, he just, fills his life with sushi now right which sounds pretty good i mean that sushi did look good if i could go to a you know 40 dollar purse fish sushi place all the time yeah i'd be pretty happy yeah. i actually truly believe i'd be happy if i could do that all yeah, the time that's... i truly believe in my happiness yeah <laughs> um it would be really good yeah i don't think that's a superficial Maybe so. Maybe he's Road doing the happiness. right thing. So maybe Tony's doing the right thing. Maybe we're, maybe we're reading this wrong. Maybe yeah. Tony's doing great. Yeah, he seems to be doing great until he gets <laughs> shot. Um. Yeah, there's a lot around food in this episode. Just like speaking of the sushi. Yeah. Um, and I haven't quite like 
kind of like wrap myself around it yet. Um, but there's Agent Harris and his parasite. Yeah. And him getting this veal on a hero. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's always a lot about like stature and weight and size yeah. too. So I mean, like comparing Agent Harris to that scene where Tony's on the scale. Yeah. Which is obviously acknowledging the fact that James Gandolfini has gained weight going into this season from where we left off. But it's interesting because he like actually that scene of Tony on the scale actually reflects his psychological condition and what he's going through mm -hmm. in therapy because. He starts taking off his clothes as if that's the problem, right? Yeah. He's blaming other things for, for this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's clearly his responsibility. It's clearly his decisions that have led him to be this person, to be this kind of, like, to have this stature. And, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't take accountability for it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting, you know, to have Tony as this kind of, like, larger-than-life, enormous person presence on the show and agent harris is also like the kind of the opposite of that mm -hmm. representing different kinds of people and different lines of work it's it's interesting mm -hmm. well yeah like what are the implications on your body for living certain i don't know for like living a certain lifestyle right so yeah. like um yeah I don't, I don't know i can't quite it's like stomach oriented i can't like the symbol like i can't quite hmm articulate the symbolism but there's just something about like the stomach and like like Vito with his Atkins diet right. like there's a lot just eating which is like heavy and meat right? right like like you know no carbs right just meat kind of diet right. um you know which we see we see him eating just a hot dog just a sausage <laughs> just a wiener yeah um wiener diet yeah like, he's probably on that too um, Probably. We we have like you know um, Carmela and Angie going to uh, Vesuvio's mm -hmm. and like he's bringing her them a free dessert. The other guy, the other guys are yeah. The other the guys are at Vesuvio's. They're complaining about the food, like the quality is not that good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just kind of this like stomach imagery. Mm -hmm. It is interesting, too, actually, that, like, the quality of Vesuvio's not being as good, drifting away from that Tony, who we've seen in that environment so much, now going to this sushi place. Somebody's kind of closed-minded and has very, kind of, like, a narrow view on cultures mm -hmm. and doesn't really see outside of his small world that he lives in. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's actually expanded to even eating Japanese food mm -hmm. also reflects, like, the time that we're in and how time has passed, and he maybe can't escape how different cultures have come closer to him mm -hmm. because I think in 1999 when the show started he wouldn't have ate there he would have had opinions yeah. about it as yeah. like foreign and weird mm -hmm. whereas later on I think that it's kind of inescapable and it's more okay because time has passed and America has changed yeah and it's integrated more of these other cultures and their influence yeah. through food um yeah, yeah. yeah it goes back even to like I don't know we've had it in past like, I, I need to just like think on it more and that's the one downside of doing these right after watching is sometimes I like come up with smart things a lot later on. <laughs> but um, it makes me think back also to like Adriana's stomach problems last right. season. Yeah. Um, and how that was kind of linked with Tony mm -hmm. as well when he had that melanoma or whatever right. it was that was removed from his head. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just this like, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, there's something. Mm -hmm. Stomachs. 
Stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Okay, maybe we still have time. If you guys, yep. ha- if you guys have any ideas about stomachs, yeah, let us know. If you have any stomach thoughts, mm-hmm. yeah, but there, it's definitely for me. It really like that was a symbol that really hit me. Mm-hmm. And that's, no, the thing, that's, that's the thing I like about this show. And again, like this episode, we're we're dating ourselves so much and doing it because we just watched the stupid Game of Thrones finale. Shouldn't even say his name anymore. I know, but like <laughs> that's the thing about this show that's so great is like they're not fucking hitting you over the head mm-hmm. with like some kind of symbol that you can like you know right. figure out and you're like, hooray, I've cracked it. Right. Like, like everything is just it's like I don't know. Maybe I'm over. Maybe it's me just looking into it too much and trying to go too deep on everything, which I'm inclined to do. But I also think it's just like it requires so much from the viewers to like either make connections or not, or mm-hmm. to you know like feel things or not. I don't know. It, yeah. it doesn't try to hold your hand. Yeah. At all. No. Um, it doesn't care if you understand right. the symbols or not. It's a little bit like Twin Peaks or something like that in that way too, right? right? Like it's like, it doesn't, it's not going to tell you the answer. No, and there probably isn't even an answer. Yeah. The point is almost like nestled in it, the Well, ambiguity. that's the thing. That's what it's about, right? It's yeah. like, like it, it's about that kind of, again, that fourth wall thing is like, we're looking at you like, are you going to fall for this and right. try to un decode this like because then we've got you like this is what this is about is this desire to figure things out and this desire for answers right right um yeah yeah. and i i think that that's always at the heart of this show and And that's always more important than answering any little puzzle that they throw at you or deconstructing you know a meaning because i think that's not really the point we can no i know yeah i know i mean those like i know there are some people who are listening to this that are first time viewers so right i I'm trying to be really careful with talking about things in this season. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that this episode is called Members Only. Right. Well, yeah, that's a is, really... Yeah. Is one of those things that, like, again, I feel like it's kind of like a like a treasure trail. Like, it's like David Chase being mm-hmm. like, are you going to buy into, like, what kind of connections are you making for yourself? Yeah, and there's there's For those so of you many. who have watched this before, you know what but I'm talking about. But it's not even going forward from where we are right now. It's also going backwards. Totally. Like, Members Only links us to the very last episode of the series. Totally. But I think there's also so much effort in this episode to link us to earlier parts, especially the first season. Yes. I mean, in, in particular, you know, there's this mention of Pussy Malanga, Tony Pillow to his mother... You know, yeah. Tony also saying, like, it's a nursing we're home, reading, We're just reading your note, Tony Pillow to his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Tony pillow to mother, nursing home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I thought that's what you were doing. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was just reading it. That was my note. If you guys are interested in what my notes read like, that's Tony pillow to his mother. Tony pillow to mother. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, also all these references to things that happened at other times Mm -hmm. in the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is all these connections that are there to be made. And there is validity to it. It's... There is a linking of this final season to the beginning of the show, too. And I think maybe even like a return to some of the themes that are kind of set out as the mm-hmm. show began. Mm-hmm. And this kind of like book ending that I think is actually done really successfully in this show that isn't always done successfully right. in shows. But they're, they're linking beginning and end and they're kind of like completing the cycle. Right. But then they're also linking forward and you wouldn't even realize it if it was your first episode. Uh, I remember last viewing... The where Vito's bought his green jacket and Eugene is wearing his members only jacket and this episode is called members only and just like 
slaving over like what does it mean mm-hmm. you know and it, i don't even think it's a spoiler like in the last episode basically like there's a guy in a members only jacket and a lot of theories around it yes i don't think i'm gonna spoil the end of the show by saying there's a guy in a members only jacket yeah i well that's you know it's true it's, a, it's about it yeah it's about it that's Good. about what Good. it is you're right um but that's fascinating right mm-hmm. because a guy in a members only jacket is at a pivotal scene of the series finale the first episode of the final season is called members only yeah eugene buys this members only so it no, does he's, he's had this members sorry, only he's, jacket okay, for a long he's time he's had this members only jacket but it is interesting in the context of this episode and i think that's all that we can examine right now it's well what does this concept of members only mean and for eugene pontecorvo obviously he's in this prison of the members of the mm-hmm, mob mm-hmm. and this institution of Really, I mean, this this family that only allows these members is, is something that... Well, it seems like this... Um, he's in, yeah, indebted to, but also enslaved by. Yeah, well, because it's kind of like saying, like, members only. It's like this exclusive kind of club, right? Where, like, you know, you go back to the scene where he and Chris were made, for example, yeah. right? Like, it's like, now you're part of this exclusive club, and, like, you're part of this family, and, you know, like... You're, you're protected by us yeah. and you're whatever. And that doesn't um, What take did that really the... bring? And that was something that those characters were chasing too. You know, like much like characters are yeah. chasing happiness now through these yeah. other superficial things. I mean, Chris's arc, or Chris's path to that point is being obsessed with, yeah. with being made, becoming a member. And yeah. ultimately he's not that happy with it. Yeah, I mean, like the, also, yeah, like Eugene sees Chris become a captain yeah. before him and stuff like that. And so like even within that structure, um, you know, there's more exclusive, like it's like you buy into one level and then they make you want the next level up and it's kind of like this. Yeah, it's like Scientology. Yeah, it's just yeah. like Scientology, members only. Um, but it doesn't talk about, you know, like how do you get out of your contract with the club that you've joined? Um Mm-hmm. You know, what are you signing away when you sign up for that? Yeah. Right. Um, and this concept of like joining a club that you can never leave is really interesting. Um, and I think like as this season goes forward and we have and and part B of the season um, and we have a lot more references to, again, like the afterlife and stuff like that, like it's kind of. Um, I don't know. It, for me, it like it really highlights like what parts of your fate or your like future are determined, and like kind of like what do your where do your choices kind of lead you then, and what does that take away from you as you keep yeah. going on? Like, what's the path you're on? So I yeah. don't know. Um, the one thing about Eugene that I forgot to say when we were talking about him was there's that scene where he's rubbing the blood off his face in the rear view mirror and rubbing it onto the map compared to also Tony with the blood on the phone I think that that was another thing that was like connecting those two for me Phones. We forgot about phones. Phones. <laughs> Colors. I haven't, I haven't talked about phones in a long time <laughs> as a symbol. It's um, true. It's been a, been a minute. It's been a, it's been a sec. But uh, yeah, we, so we have him like really having to work really hard to um, get this spot off of his face, mm-hmm. right? Which you were saying is very, very Macbeth, Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, which it is. But like, it is kind of, like for me that kind of highlights that aspect is like you can't get clean right like mm-hmm. there's not you can't undo the things right. you've done and that choice that you've made you're you're there it's it's on you for good out, out I, damn spot yeah 
I don't know about like the wiping it onto the map. Right. Mm-hmm. Just trying to think about that one. Yeah. Because they really focus you on that. Mm-hmm. And the two lines of his fingers on the map. Well, where is he going, you know, in terms of yeah. like direction? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. And his, and like his He's road is kind of like this crossed. Violence. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like now coated in blood, right? Like yeah. it's kind of. Well, and ultimately that was always going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. In many different ways. Yeah. Um, what else? Carm Speckhouse. Yeah. Carm Speckhouse. Um, Pine. Bad idea. Pine. Interesting. Like, you know, like, so this house is really associated with Adriana. It is. Um, in this show. And, you know, even like, you know, like Pine, kind of like Pine Barrens, pine barrens for yeah. example, right? Like it kind yeah, of like... we have like, the shot where, you know, the house, Speck House was, was shown in season five where it's through, you know, it starts with a shot on the top of trees, mm-hmm. which makes us believe that we're where Adrienne was killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and we have her in the dream sequence there at the house with Carmela. Yeah. Um, I always like try to figure that one out. I remember spending a lot of time last viewing trying to figure trying to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know Carmela in her dream says like she's worried all the time, mm-hmm. and I think. I think this, like, kind of, again, like, this dream of, like, building something that's kind of untouched by this world, right? We can see how that's not a reality, right? Like, even though it's supposed to be this thing that's, like, Carm and her dad's project, right? Like, they're right. trying to get Tony to call to the guy yeah. to blah, blah, the inspector. Well, the money is coming from Tony. The money's and, coming yeah. from Tony, right? Like, um she hired slash worked with her dad yeah. who clearly like didn't know the correct rules right. and stuff like that um and he also you know had been involved in some sketchy business i guess like we we kind of like we elucidate to that in the last season about his dealings with the construction industry and oh, kind of okay. the benefits that he's gotten right right in right that. yeah that tony is also yeah been, been done things that, that yeah him. um but i do think like in terms of like with adriana like it is it's less like I don't know like is it this like otherworldly kind of like how do I say it um like this kind of like again this kind of like dream or like imagined happy place that's never really going to become that right I mean, like it doesn't seem that happy Carmela seems pretty anxious no she's pretty worried and anxious about it but like yeah. I think her dream of it right like remember last season when they got the blueprints of it and mm-hmm had this like his and hers closet you know like we can imagine that that would be something that adriana would have wanted in her in her life too Mm -hmm. um and kind of like in her afterlife she's haunting it right interesting um it's like specter maybe like spec house like yeah houses spec (laughs) (laughs) um what have you got? I have just like now I'm like I'm I'm out of practice, so I'm not being yeah. that coherent. But one of the again like coming off of watching other season finales, um, I love Ray Curto's death, mm-hmm. and then the jump right to his funeral. Right. I loved that. It all happens Such very like, fast. I just like I just again like their yeah, like, storytelling. Thank you for not wasting our time. Yeah. With some dumb bullshit. Yeah. And also like. Yeah, or just al- yeah. We're also so learning awesome. things through dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> through like 
casual dialogue and people throwing out information that you can grab onto if you want and learn details, yeah. but not like fixating on details and showing you and spending yeah. time to, oh, this is... Oh wow, this is um I'm Tyrion and now I see my brother and <laughs> sister and now we spend a bunch of time on it. Do you guys watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> Let us know. We're over it. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you thought about the last season. Yeah. Um it's not worth our time doing a podcast. No, we're spending too much time. Sure. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> we won't ever talk about that show anymore on this show. Um We but just yeah, couldn't escape. It. We couldn't escape. Um <laughs> But yeah, with Car- Carmela and this stop work order, right? Which is funny because we do have in um, in past seasons, like Tony and his crew dealing with stop work orders mm-hmm. as this like source of conflict for them. Right. She's dealing with that same thing. Um, yeah. For me, there was this aspect of um, power and control and class to a certain extent mm-hmm. that was coming up in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um there was there were some interesting moments. I mean, Carmela using this Porsche over other characters around her. Yeah, um, she's so lame sometimes. Well, it, it was really interesting. So first of all, Carmela with her dad, with you, that scene that you were talking about, and you know this kind of like facade of her control, and then maybe like that manifesting in other ways of having kind of power over other characters. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, that scene of Carm with her dad edits very quickly to Polly snapping at Artie and we see a mm-hmm. close up of his hand like it's this like kind menus, of like yeah. beckoning him like yeah. this kind of like control over Artie even the control and the, the power that those characters have to criticize his food and his passion mm. you know where they, I mean they can't cook so I mean they they, they sometimes are cooking Polly actually Polly is supposed to have pretty good yeah. gravy yeah. nonetheless you know like the, it's their their power to Criticize and also to consume and and to to consume and to kind of bring him over. But there's more than that. I mean, Carmela with the car when she goes to see um, John Janey Sack. Yeah. Uh, and the car is in the background of the shot she's talking about it. and obviously that's Ginny's very inappropriate Ginny's talking about like debt collectors calling yeah debt collectors or, yeah. I mean it's in very bad taste but you know Carmela's very excited when she's asking yeah. her about the car and saying it's beautiful and interestingly she's upset at the end when Angela shows her Corvette and shows her up and I mean what a window into a kind of like sim- how you called her by her full name Angela 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 does not make Carmela feel good. Oh. I don't think anyone's ever called her that. I think Angie. they just call her Angie. Okay, well, Angie yeah. <laughs> has a car, and Carmela is not happy She's about jealous. it. She's jealous. Yeah. She's jealous. But I mean, as a personality characteristic, that's pretty lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, really, like, why would she be upset by Angie's success? Why is that off-putting? It's because mm-hmm. it takes away her power over her mm-hmm. and the fact that she would be able to impress mm-hmm. and have something that they don't have, mm-hmm. which is in such poor taste, especially around, you know, the Sack mm-hmm. family that's going through a lot of bad things right now. Yeah. Well, a lot of it with Angie, I think, is, like, you know, related to the spec house in some ways. Is like Carmela is, is trying to, like, She's been trying for a long time now to like exert herself as her own person mm-hmm. and like have power over something, and she's not being successful in it. Right. Well, and uh, yeah. she was even like, "You bought that for yourself, right?" Like Tony bought her the Porsche. Right. You know, um, she's never going to achieve that. She and again, like she's kind of she's stuck. striving though because she has this dream of being independent and autonomous and mm-hmm. and having agency and control I mean, yeah and like she says she has that dream 
Yeah, but she doesn't, and that's her burden. Like, that yeah. is what she has to wrestle with, and that's why she's having these dreams where she's constantly anxious, probably, yeah. in a lot of ways. But it's interesting because, as a person, she's exerting that over other people in a way that isn't very flattering to herself. No. No. Yeah. We have some interesting things like Tony talking to AJ about your family is what matters most. Mm-hmm. Um, those values, obviously, kind of like infiltrating in different ways. I mean, there's the actual nuclear family, but then there's also the mob family. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, yeah, just kind of like zeroing in on those core principles of Tony Soprano and how they impact different things because Eugene being a member of this family is actually having this very devastating effect on, on him, his, his on his family. nuclear family. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's I mean, it's in the benefit of Tony's bottom line mm-hmm. and these kind of like old, kind of arcane rules. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's, uh, how do I say it? It's, it. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just can't put words. I just can't put words to it. Really, it's like, yeah, it's just like it's so it's so self centered, right? Like we know that Tony is self centered, mm-hmm. but like he he's unable to make connections between the things that have gone on in his own life or the right. things that he's saying out of one end of his mouth, right? Um, and he can't see. He can't pass that on to the people. It's just all about him, yeah. right? And so, like, he can't see, like, by in, on one hand saying family is so important, and on the other hand, like, not letting a man go to take care of his own family. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Just, it's just so backwards. You just can't trust anything he says, really. Yeah. It's just all in service of what serves him. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. Interestingly, at the same time, uh, in the way that we've had for these other characters, right before he shot, for me, there's this moment of him going to Junior, making him food, mm-hmm. you know, making the pasta. There is this, like, it's small, but there is something, at least, mm-hmm. of him giving to somebody in his family, to somebody that he cares about. He's doing something for mm-hmm. someone. Even if it does come out of probably spiting Bobby and Janice. Yeah. He is still there. It's, it's a small moment, but it's uh, more flattering than pretty much anything else we get for him in the episode. Yeah. So, oh, I forgot to mention when I talked about food that there's a mention of a Chinese restaurant in Mill Basin. Mill Basin, which not is too near, far from where we're kind of near to where we live now. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, it's near the Home Depot. I mean, we didn't know what Mill Basin was when we were doing season five last time. You heard from us. We didn't know what Mill Basin was. <laughs> now we do because we're close enough and we had to go to Home Depot. Many times. Yeah. In fact, it's good. It's good timing. It's a good thing we waited because there's a lot of Brooklyn intersections showing up in season six. Right. And we're going to be able to reference them a lot better. Great. It's great. It's really great. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Um, there's a lot. I mean, I, I feel like we didn't go into everything. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot. We, we missed a Brooklyn reference earlier in the show because we didn't live here of, I think it's King's, King's Plaza. Oh, yeah. King's yeah. Plaza. Mm-hmm. Super. Also near to Mill King's Basin. Plaza. Yes, so also. I guess they hung out down there. Right. I guess that's where the Brooklyn mob is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see some people. We'll tell you guys if we have any experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, who was it? Carmine goes walking there. Right. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that was an thank okay first episode back. We're happy to be back. I feel very inarticulate, so Me thank too. you for, for dealing with us. 
Yeah. But we're very happy to be back. We love this show. We love talking about it. And there's not that much left, so it's yeah. crazy. We're going to give it our all for season six. Yes. See and you next hopefully we talk to more of you because that's fun too. Yeah. Talk okay. to us. We like talking to you and about yeah. Sopranos. And thank you for those of you who wanted to know if we were okay. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we emailed you back. Or we will. Actually, I don't think we have yet. Okay, we will. We'll, we'll work it was just on today. It. We'll work on it. We're fine. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.